Please stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the word of God. Buenos días, Iglesia. Es una bendición para mí estar con ustedes en esta mañana. Que el Señor les bendiga. Good morning, church. It is such a blessing for me to be here with you. May the Lord bless you. I just want you to get used to that. I am so uh, glad. Just the the last two years have been. Uh, very challenging for Rancho Village. Uh, we've seen great, great blessings from God, and we've seen God's hand work um, every step of the way and, and work in the hearts of people and, and just do wonderful, wonderful things. But one of the things that, that we understood and we knew was that um, something had to change. And it wasn't because we are clever. It wasn't because we're, in, you know, more intelligent than maybe other churches that are in, 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 in a worse position. But I truly believe that it was because we humbled ourselves before God and we asked, whatever you want, that's what we want. And so through the process, you have come to be part of the part of the family and part of this community, part of uh, what we are now uh, calling, we're calling a Christ community at Rancho Village, but I'm, I'm, that's probably not going to be the, the end title, okay? Uh, so it is a work in progress, but, but I am so excited, and, and, and I'm so excited just to be part of, uh, of, of the pastoral team uh, along with, with my brothers Jared and, and Reed and, and Chauncey and John Mark. And, and I'm hoping one of the things that, that happens is after I hang out with these guys long enough that I can trim down like, 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 they, like they do. Uh, you know, that, that's one of the things I'm like, man, how do these guys do it? I mean, do they just not, they not like food or what? But anyways, uh, one thing that you will know about me is that I, I do like food and I enjoy food very, very much. If you, if you uh, obviously we read the passage, but if you have your Bibles... We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And this morning, uh, I am excited to share God's word with you. 
And, and the title of the message for this morning is Kingdom Workers Needed. Kingdom Workers Needed. This uh, past weekend, Friday and Saturday, I was uh, part of the, um, the, the, the training retreat that, that happens every year before the um, students from uh, grades 7 through, uh, through 12, um, so junior high and, and high school, uh, they are sent out um, around around the the nations and around um, Oklahoma uh, for uh, mission projects. And, and many of you probably heard about Go Students. Some of you uh, probably participated in Go Students as part of uh, what Oklahoma Baptists um, do. And 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 so I was at, a, at this training retreat with uh, approximately 300 uh, junior and high school students. Um, over the weekend, actually, I was there Friday, just kind of training. They were training us to train uh, to help uh, the students, and, uh, and and so yesterday we had them there at, at Eagle Heights, and and it was just a wonderful a wonderful sight. Um, we have close to a, to a dozen mission projects this summer uh, that 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 spent from OKC through Tulsa, Lawton, small towns around, uh, all the way to Seville, which I get the the great blessing and the opportunity. To, to uh, go to Seville, Spain, for the very for the very first time, leading um, one of the one of the teams that's going to be going, and so um, you know, it, I, I was just so excited, and I was I was overwhelmed uh, as I was just sitting there and, and seeing all these young students um, because that wasn't my experience uh, growing up. See, my experience growing up was I grew up in church. I was uh, in church since I was uh, about five years old. Uh, I grew up in a Baptist church in Mexico. Uh, I, I, I came to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior at, at a very young age. I was about nine or ten. I was baptized at a very young age. But my experience was not that of, uh, you know, you grow up in church and you have a mission-minded uh, church. I didn't grow up in a church where, where uh, missions was, was important. Now, it, we, we talk about missions and we pray for missionaries and, 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 and we rejoice uh, when we hear the stories of missionaries and people coming to Christ, you know, in Cambodia and Uganda and, and all those all those places that that none of us would would ever be at, and and even when I came uh, to the U.S. at the age of 14, the the Baptist church um, where where I grew up at, from that age again, you know, we prayed and we rejoiced and we gave to Lottie Moon, but really missions was not part of the DNA. And so as I, was, as I was sitting there yesterday with, with all these kids, I was just thinking, what a, what a wonderful blessing that, that they are being taught and that they are being given opportunities to go on mission. Now, whether they're going, they're going to another community in Oklahoma City to do that work or they are going, like I said, all the way across, across the sea to, you know, to a di- completely different continent, uh, what a wonderful opportunity that, that these kids um, are receiving. And so, uh, shameless plug, I'm just going to say it. If you are, uh, you know, in the ages, you're, you're junior high, you're high school, there's still opportunity for you to be part of Go Students. And uh, so come, come talk to us. We would love to, um, you know, get you plugged in, send you, you know, to Belize, send you to Spain, send you, uh, I don't know, we'll send you somewhere, but we'll, 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 we'll send you. We'll figure out a place where we can send you. Just come, come, come talk to us. We need a new generation of kingdom workers to gather the, ha- the harvest of souls. 
And I am so excited for, for what, what we have uh, at this point we're calling the merger. But understanding that I, I loved what um, uh, my, my, my brother in Christ, Richard uh, Clark, uh, this morning as we were in, in, the, in the rancho um, service, as he was praying for the offering, he said, Lord, I pray for the church. He said, I'm not, it, it, we, we call it Rancho Village and we call it Christ Community and call it that we're going to become uh, a new church. He said, but the reality is that there is no such a thing. We are the church. We are your church. And so, you know, as he was praying, I was blessed by that, knowing that, that uh, it is Christ's church. And I know that we, that we put names just to identify the different congregations in the different locations and the different places. And it's very important, uh, you know, that we identify as a local church. But we, we understand that we are part of Christ's church. And, and one of the things that I am, that I am hoping and that I, I am praying, don't get me wrong, I have some ideas of what I would like for our new church to be called. But one of the things that I, I want is that the name Christ remains in it. Now, that's not, I'm just, I, I'm not just saying, you know, like, like you know, yes, that we, we want to make sure that we are the church of Christ. No, I'm saying, like, hopefully, I, that my prayer is that we are able to call it Christ, and whatever the name is going to be, I have ideas. <laughs> that we will call it Christ, and it is his church. He has prepared a great harvest, and as we have just read, um, I, I just want us to go, to go through this passage. Now, uh, I, I loved and I enjoyed uh, listening to my brother Chauncey pre- uh, preach this morning. And at the end, my, my daughter uh, looked at me and she said, that was, that was good. She said, he just, he preaches with, and she, she didn't know how to, like, what, what words to use. And I said, he is very dramatic. <laughs> and I love that. There is, because I understand your, your drama background and, and theater and all that, and, and as, as I was listening to you, I was, I was thinking, man, that, all, that, all that training and all that, that passion, that is, that is preaching the word with, with passion in a, very, in a very dramatic way. I don't preach that way. <laughs> I listen to my brother, John Mark, very intellectual. Though he is not, you know, someone that, that you, you can't understand. But, but he just, uh, I mean, what do you expect from having someone that has all the education that he has with the Ph.D. and everything else? And, and, and just the, the words that he uses. He is a wordsmith. I don't preach like that. And so you will eventually get, get used to my, my mode of preaching, I, 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 I hope. Um, and, and because I don't have the, the dramatic uh, element in me, and I don't have the, the uh, intellectual um, mode of preaching in me, uh, I have to go pretty much verse by verse so I don't forget what I have to say. And so if you look at verse 35, the first thing that we see, we see the mission of the local church. We see the mission of the local church. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. The mission of the local church, according to what, what we see in Scripture and what we see in Jesus, is, first of all, teaching God's word. 
That is part of the mission of the local church. Teaching God's word, who God is, and what he has done, and what he has promised that he will do. And every time the saints come together, and every time we, we, we come in an environment where the church is present, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a larger gathering, whether it's in an apartment, uh, Bible study, or where, uh, wherever we are, we know that our responsibility as Christians and part of the mission of the church is that we teach the Word. There are many things that we could teach. There are many good things that we could teach. I have opinions on pretty much anything. If you don't believe me, just come and ask me. And I could share those with you. But if, if I am not preaching the word, and if the church is not preaching the word, we are not abiding and we are not following Christ's example, and we are not fulfilling the mission of the church. We see that Jesus went around the villages preaching the good news of the kingdom. I started doing something um, a, few, a few months back. Every time I see the word, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, I highlight it like big on my, in, my, in my Bible. And, and, and every time I'm, I'm flipping through the pages, if I see, if I see like, a, like, like some big marks, I'm like, yes, he's talking about the kingdom. Because for the longest time, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can be confused and think that, that the church is it. That the church was established as the ultimate goal that, that God had for humanity. But if we don't understand that it is about the kingdom of God, and it is about not only New Testament saints, but it's also the saints from the, from the Old Testament and all throughout history, that God has a plan and there is a kingdom of God. And the church, during this time, during this era, he has called the church to be the ones who proclaim the kingdom of God. So, we are to teach the word. We are to proclaim or to preach the good news of the kingdom. And, 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 and if we're going to just define it in, very, very, in a very, very uh, uh, brief manner, it is salvation in Christ alone. That, that is what we are to preach. Salvation in Christ alone and everything, and every, and everything that that includes and everything that, 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 that is part of that. And then the third thing that we see from this passage, from this verse uh, 35, is the part of the mission of the church is serving the physical needs of those around us. Whether it is within the body or outside, part of our responsibility as the church as, as the body of Christ, as agents of hope, is that we take care of the needs of those around us. Now, that can be shown through teaching someone how to speak English, teaching someone how to read, teaching someone how to write, feeding somebody, clothing somebody. Whatever need we see, and, and, and this, this is one of the things that it has always, I've always admired about Christ Community Church is that you guys are about the mission. You guys are about the, the, the business of taking care of, of those who are in need. And, and I mean, really, for, for such a small group, I mean, compared, comparably, uh, comparatively speaking, when we see other churches that have a lot more members, um, you know, you, you guys do a lot. 
And, and I like what John Mark says sometimes. We're, we're small, but we're, we're scrappy. And, and, and I appreciate that. And I'm, and I'm excited about joining forces and, and working together to do those things together. Teaching God's word, proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, and serving the physical needs of those around us. So that's the mission of the church. I think it's, I, I don't, I, I'm not teaching you anything new. Uh, I'm not teaching you anything that, that, that you didn't know. You're not going to walk out of this thinking, my goodness, that was such a revelation, the mission of the church. I couldn't, why couldn't I have ever understood it? I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I want to encourage you. In anything and everything that we do, we got to keep in mind, what is the mission of the church? Because there are so many good things that we can do. There are so many things that are good that the church does but many of them don't have anything to do with the kingdom many of them don't have anything to do with the mission what is the the clear mission that jesus gave us so the second thing that we see in verse 36 we see the mission of the church and then now we look at the model for the local church we understand what the mission is so now we're going to look at what what model are we to follow if we're going to accomplish the mission that Jesus has given us? Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus is our model. We need to be reminded time and time again that Jesus is our model. He is our example to follow, we, we cannot make man our model. As much as, uh, as, as we like trends and we like to, many times the, the, the church, you know, can, can just, uh, I say this with all my love for the church because I've been part of the church for many, 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 many years. But many times um, the church can be um, very uncreative. If we see that our brothers and sisters from down the street are doing something, as long as we just follow what they're doing, you know, we should probably get the same results that they're getting. The problem is that many times we, you know, a, a local church, especially a, small, uh, a, a smaller congregation, many times we put our eyes in what the, what the big church, what the mega church, what the, what the very large church in town is doing and thinking that we can do the same thing with, you know, a tenth of the, of the, of the budget that they have and, and, and a fifth of the people that they have thinking that we can do the same types of ministry. So it's great to admire and it's great to adapt and it's great to, to, to take ideas, but, but we, we have to make sure as the church that if we're going to fulfill the mission, we cannot make men our model. We should not make the, the latest ministry fad uh, our model. And, and we gotta, we got to be careful with that. And I know that you have uh, great leaders and we have great, uh, great shepherds and great pastors that are that are going to help us and that are going to lead us and continue to lead us well uh, and, and, and not get us into the weeds with all the weirdness and all the, and all the things that, 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 could, you know, that could be considered ministry. But in reality, in reality it's, it's just a lot of busyness, but, but there's not a whole lot of kingdom impact. And so I'm, I'm, I'm completely confident that our pastors will, will lead us well. Um, we must make Jesus our only model for all of ministry. And if we, if we are thinking and planning of doing things and doing types of ministry and, 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 and going and, and moving and shaking, uh, but, but that's not what we see 
in Jesus and in his example and his model, um, then we should probably rethink. We should probably reconsider if that's really the way that, that we need to go. Another, another thing that we see uh, if, we, if we consider Jesus and we realize that Jesus is our model is when we see here in verse 36 and we see that Jesus saw the crowds. Jesus saw the crowds. He, he paid attention to the people who were in great need. As he was going, uh, you know, take, take some time this afternoon and, and just, read, just read chapters 8 and 9 of Matthew. And it is just amazing what Jesus did. I mean, he went from one place to another. He's, he's healing a, a sick woman and, and bringing a, a, a dead child from the dead and, and casting out demons and, and teaching and uh, ministering to the disciples. And he's doing all these different things. But in everything that he was doing, if there was someone who was ever busy in ministry, that was Jesus. He had so much to do, but yet in the midst of all that busyness and in the midst of all that activity and all the ministry, he saw the crowds. The church must look around and and see the need of those around us. And many times I I confess that I, I am guilty of this, is that we get so involved in ministry and and, and, and I love what I get to do now. I get to travel around the state. I get to minister and, and help Hispanic churches in Oklahoma, 72 different congregations. And I get the opportunity to, to, to work with those pastors and to, and to bless them in one way or another and support them in their ministry, uh, most of them anyways. And I, I just, I love what I get to do. I love what I get to do here. And I love, I get, I get to preach but, but this is reality, that I can, I can be so occupied and so busy with ministry that I fail to see the people around me. And I fail to see the need of those around me. And if you want me to be perfectly honest, is that sometimes I even ignore what I do see. The entire world is in need, and we need to see that. There are so many people around us that are hurting, so many people around us who are in despair, who have no hope, don't know the right from the left, and the church exists. So that we can see those people. And that we can see our brothers and sisters who many times we are suffering and we are, we are in, in need. That we will follow Jesus' example and that we will look at the crowds. And that we will see individuals and that we will see the great need that is around us. I'm, I'm so appreciative and I am so thankful uh, to be an Oklahoma Baptist, to be a Southern Baptist, because one of the things that identifies us is that we are f- for missions. And, and you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I talk to so many people, and, 
And one of the things, uh, coming from a fully Hispanic background, uh, you don't see a whole lot of, you don't hear a lot of talk and you don't see a, a whole lot of movement. When we, when we talk about uh, missions, uh, world missions, international missions, um, you know, uh, uh, Hispanic churches, and I, and I don't see this to be, um, to be unkind in, 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 in any way. I'm just simply stating what the things that, I've, that I experienced myself and, and what has been my experience and the things that I see is that um, we are not very aware of, of missions. We'll give to missions and we, we'll pray and we'll, we'll do all that, but, but uh, we're not sending out missionaries from our Hispanic churches. Uh, we are not uh, planting very many new churches. Um, it, it's almost like, you know, we have, for, for the longest time, we have been the recipients of missions. We have been the recipients of missionaries coming and, and pouring into, into the Latino um, uh, nations and, and, and the Latino culture that we many times see ourselves as someone who receives um, you know, the efforts of the missionaries and the efforts of the missions. And so that's one of the things that, I, that, that, that I'm really, really excited about um, coming together and working together because I know the heart that these guys have and that, and, and that many of you have that you guys are for the missions. And, and we would, I mean, I am praying that God will allow us to send out church planters, that he'll allow us to send out missionaries, that he'll allow us to send out so many people that will come and get trained and they will come to know Jesus here and they will be raised and they'll be, they'll be discipled. And, and then that we will have the blessing of, of praying for them and encouraging them and supporting them and then sending them out wherever God is sending them. If he's sending them, you know, across the, uh, across the, the, uh, the, the street or he's sending them across town or sending them to the nations, that we will be a church that does that and does, and does it well. I am, I, am, I am excited about that and, and excited about us being able to see the crowds and then, and then act uh, on, on what we see. Jesus didn't just see the crowds. Like I said earlier, I mean, many times we see and many times we ignore what we see. But Jesus had compassion on them. And if Jesus is going to be our model, then we have to ourselves be compassionate. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, it says. His heart went out to them. He did not ignore what he saw. And that's why he went through the towns healing and preaching. And the people came out and the people, and, and, and they came and they wanted to hear Jesus because he spoke as someone who had authority and not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And they came out and they just wanted to even, even be able to touch his garment because they knew that there was power in this man. Now, if you would have asked any of them, the, the, the woman uh, with, 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 the, with the problem of, 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 the, of the blood flow that was hemorrhaging. Um, I hope I said that word right. It sounded right. But uh, if you would have asked her, who is this man? She, she, would, she wouldn't have been able to give you a theological treatise and, and, and all the, the theological explanation of who Jesus, the Son of God, was. She didn't know. She knew this man had power. She knew if I only touch the very edge of his garment, I know that I will be healed. That's why Jesus went through the towns and villages. 
Because he saw the crowds and he saw the need. And he saw and he wanted to bless and he wanted to heal and he wanted to, to deliver people who were enslaved to sin. You know, I'm sure you've heard this from your pastors many times, but, but God, God was the first missionary. Uh, in the first example that we see of a missionary, he sent out his son, Right? He sent out his son into a world that needed him, into a world that, did ha- that had no hope, into a world that, that was completely lost. And so Jesus came to save, to seek and to save those who were lost. So not only Jesus saw the crowds, not only did he have compassion on them, but Jesus understood the, spirit, the spiritual condition of the people. And many times... The church can see the physical needs, and we can address the physical needs. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that Christ's community was, has been able to establish a clinic in South Oklahoma City where there is such a great need. But what good is it to heal the body of a person if they don't, if they don't get the, the, the message of the cross? That there is more than just simply being healed from your, from your physical ailments, but, but that there is someone who can heal you from your spiritual problem. And I know that you guys do that. And I know that Reed has many, many opportunities in Clarissa. I, I know that, that, that you have those opportunities. And, and so we see the needs. We respond to the needs. But we also understand the spiritual, the spiritual condition of the people who are around us. Jesus saw them, and, and this is how he described them. They were, they were harassed. They were distressed. King James says they were fainted like sheep without a shepherd. They were helpless. I'm sure you've seen this little video that's been going around uh, social media of uh, this guy pulling out a sheep from a, from a trench. Have you seen that? It's stuck in this, in this ditch, and the, and the guy, now I don't know why they're recording this, but anyways, uh, the guy is pulling on the legs of this, of this sheep, and, and, and he finally pulls, pulls that, the poor animal out of it. It's stuck. It's completely stuck. It's completely helps. It can't, it, can't, it can't get out of that hole by itself. And it, as soon as he pulls it out and he sets it aside, the sheep runs and like, a few yards away, he jumps and he, ju- he lands exactly in the same ditch, in the exact same position. If you hadn't seen it, uh, I mean, look it up. And, it, and it's, it's been going around and, and I've see, I see it every time. And especially pastors have been posting this and they're like, yeah, that's just like, you know, that's just like a church, a church member. Yeah. Well, reality is that it's just like, it's just like me and it's just like, uh, like, like you, be honest. That we just, you know, he pulls us out of that ditch that we're in and, and we take a few steps and and not and it's not like the like the little sheep it's not like he fell into it it's like it took a leap it, it like it jumped and it was like boom like right in the middle of the ditch and and i'm like oh my goodness it's like you know jesus pulls me from something and then i'm like thank you jesus boom there i go again Like sheep without a shepherd. <laughs> That's what happens to sheep without a shepherd. They are helpless. They are 
They can't defend themselves. And that's what Jesus saw when he saw the people. Imagine the compassion that he felt knowing these people, they can't do anything for themselves. They can't save themselves. They can't, they can't get out of the hole by themselves. And that's why he came. And that's, the, that's why he was willing to die on that cross. And that's why he was willing to take up the beating. And that's why he was willing to be humiliated. Because he knew that we couldn't do it. Resurrection Sunday is coming. And, 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 and we celebrate the fact that Jesus did that for us. Because, you know, it, whenever we come together and we worship... I can be so overwhelmed realizing that I couldn't do anything for my own soul. And if I, and if I sing to Jesus and if, I, and if I praise His name, it's because I understand I couldn't do it on my own. My children couldn't do it on their own. So I'm grateful for my salvation, and I'm grateful for theirs, and I'm grateful for your salvation. Because we were like sheep without a shepherd, but there is so many people out there that are in the same spot where you and I were before Jesus came to save us. Number three is the reality of the local church. The mission of the local church, the model for the local church, and then the reality of the local church, and, and, and particularly the, 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 the model for the local church in North America. Jesus says in verse 37 that the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. Let me give you just some numbers that I found on uh, uh, some of our uh, websites, uh, North American Mission Board, IMB. There are approximately 7.8 billion people in the world. Approximately 7% of them are lost without Christ. That means that almost 5.5 billion people around the world are lost, condemned to hell, without Jesus. In North America alone, and, and this is from an article, a very recent article that, that, that was just published um, this last week uh, from the North American Mission Board, an article written about the, the need for church planting in North America. And this is what it says, roughly 75% of North America's 366 million people do not know Jesus. Entire communities exist that do not have a faithful Gospel preaching church. And then, and then look at this. The U.S. Census Bureau released data in 2015. This is 2015. That's, that's like, you know, it wasn't yesterday. Uh, so the numbers are, I'm sure, are even higher. Um, this data uh, indicates that 350 different languages are spoken in homes across the United States. While the world is coming to the U.S. and Canada, large swaths, uh, swaths of North America's population can easily be described as post-Christian or even pre-Christian. The share of the population that does not identify with any religion at all continues climbing with each passing generation. 
we're no longer what, what you consider a Christian nation. If there is such a thing, but, right, we understand what that means. Um, and that is why, church, the church must be involved in local and world missions to reach the lost with the hope of Jesus Christ. That is why, and, and, and I mean, I, I say this, you know, I, kind of my brain has to, like, you know, go around in circles and, and like, figure out some things because, because I know that you guys are doing many of these things already. And you guys have a mentality and a mindset and, and a DNA about nations and about missions and about going out and, and taking the gospel to them. But look at what Jesus says next. He says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let me, let me give you some more, some more numbers that I got from, from the website that I was looking at. 55% of Christians had not shared their faith with anyone in the last six months, over half of the Christian population in North America, when they were, when they were polled, when they were asked, 55% of them said that they had not shared their faith, shared, had a gospel conversation with another person in the, in the last six months. Only 5% of them said that they had shared their faith at least once a month in the last six months. Five percent. Jesus referred to the workers as few. And, and, and if you continue to read, and if you read the rest of chapter 10, we see that, that when Jesus tells them to, to pray that the Lord of the harvest send out workers into the field, and then chapter 10, it says, and then he sent out the 12. And he gave them instructions, and he told them what to do. And then at a later time, he sends out 70, and he's like, and you guys go and do the same. But at this point, there's 12 guys standing around Jesus. They're looking at the crowds. And Jesus says, there is so much work. The harvest is plentiful. But there's not very many workers to go and collect it. And so that takes us to the prayer of the local church. And in verse 38, Jesus says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore... To send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus commands us to pray for the Lord of the harvest. He invites us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Notice how it says that he is the Lord of the harvest. It's not the local church. It's not us. It's not the pastors. We are not the lords of the harvest. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. It is his harvest. It is a harvest that he has already prepared. It is a harvest that he has been from, from the very beginning, he has been working actively and in, in, in through the work of the Holy Spirit who, who was sent out in Pente, uh, Pentecost. The Spirit of God working in the hearts and the minds of people preparing the harvest. God is the one who has prepared a great harvest that is ready to be collected, is ready to be picked up. Our prayer, according to what Jesus taught us and what he has told us to do, is to pray that God will send out workers into his harvest field to a lost world. We, we don't need to pray that the harvest be, be ready. Now, we're, we're to be actively planting the seed continually, right? But, but just look around and see in the community in which we live. Can, 
do we do we truly believe that the whole that the Holy Spirit hasn't been working in the lives and the hearts of the people that are around us? That they are waiting right now for someone to take the gospel to them so that they will that they will eventually respond. Now that that doesn't I'm not a humanist. I'm not saying here that you know that the people are so good that they're gonna respond to the gospel as soon as they hear. No, what I'm saying is and later on, I will reveal some things about my, my, theolo- my theological band that, that, we can, that we can talk about. But, but, but one of the things that, that, that you need to know is that I, I truly believe that it is through the work of the Holy Spirit in the, in the minds and in the hearts of people. That if the Holy Spirit does not prepare that person, it doesn't matter how many times they hear the gospel, they're not going to respond because they are lost in their sin. They are dead in sins and trespasses. But it is up to us. It is up to the church to go and, and, and tell them and, and, and to go and to collect the harvest that is already ready to be picked up. We are to pray for workers to collect the harvest. But I want you to think about this and I want you to, I want you to really think about this in a very personal way. You are the answer to someone else's prayer. Because many times we want to think... Yes, let's pray for the Lord to send workers into the field because we need them. But in reality, church, someone else, many people before us have been already praying that the Lord will send workers into the harvest field. And we happen to be the response to that prayer. We happen to be the answer to that prayer. We happen to be the ones who the Lord has answered the prayers of those who came before us. And you are sitting in a place where there's been a church for the last 73 years. The people who planted Rancho Village Baptist, they came with a vision and they came with a plan. And for many years, they saw the blessing of God, that they were able to collect a great harvest in this community. The thing is that the community changed And we find ourselves in this very place, at this very time, surrounded by a harvest that is ready to be collected, that is ready to be picked up. But it's a harvest that needs kingdom workers ready to get to work. Christ is calling this church to gather the harvest as he has prepared in this community. Christ is calling some of you to go and gather a harvest even beyond this community. Christ may be calling some of you to move to other places to begin new works and to collect a new harvest wherever it is that He's sending you. God is going to call some of you to missions, some of you to church planting, some of you to be planted in this community and to just work for the rest of your life blessing and being a blessing to this community. My question is, who's going to accept Christ's invitation to gather the harvest? Who's going to accept Christ's invitation to preach the gospel to the lost? I don't know if you guys are used to this or not, but I want to make an invitation. And I want to ask, I want to ask you to respond. So if you close your eyes for a moment, you're not making any type of pat 
or commitment to me. This is you talking to God and simply asking him the question. God, what do you want me to do? I don't know what he's calling you to do. I don't know where he is going to plant you. I don't know where he's going to send you. I don't know how he's going to use you. But I can tell you that if you are sitting here, he has a plan for you to be a worker for the kingdom. Now, I understand that when I'm in a, in a, in a, in a group such as this one, I am not naive enough to believe that everyone in here already has a relationship with Christ. And so it may be that you are sitting here, and today the Spirit of God is speaking to you and saying, realize that you are lost without Christ. Realize that you are still dead in your sins and your trespasses. And that without Christ, there is only one place where you will end up, and that is called a place of torment, hell. And if you do not repent, and if you do not give your life to Christ at this moment, who knows if you'll have another opportunity? Why not repent today and give your life to Jesus? Whatever your decision and whatever your conversation with God is today, I want to invite you to respond in obedience. If He is calling you to salvation, I want you to stand and say, I repent of my sins and I want to be saved today. We want to pray for you. And we want to make sure that we know how to proceed in, in helping you and being a blessing to you. If you're already a Christian, but you know that the Spirit of God is calling you to service, and you know what that service is for, and even if you do not know what, what God is calling you for exactly, but you say, I want to respond, and I want to be obedient, I want to ask you to stand right now and say, Lord, here I am, send me. I want to do whatever it is that you're calling me to do, whether it's in the new church, whether it's because you're sending me someone else. And if you are ready to respond to that invitation and commit to, to him, you're not committing to the church, you're not committing to me, but you are committing to Christ. And you are saying, use me in whatever way that you want to use me. I am here. I am available. I am being obedient to you. If that is your response, I want to ask you to stand and I want to pray for you this morning. Father, your word has been preached. I know that my words are very, very imperfect. But I know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have taken your word. And you have taken it to the, heart, to the hearts and the minds of those in this place. Father, as they respond, it is only because of what the Spirit of God is doing. And Father, if the Spirit of God is bringing conviction for salvation, we rejoice in that. We pray that you will show us and that you will allow us to see the great miracle of salvation. And Father, for those who are responding in obedience, saying, yes, I want to I work. I want to be a worker for the kingdom. Whatever that means, whatever, whatever that looks like, I want to respond and I want to be obedient. And I want at this moment to, to just simply commit before you, Father. We thank you for those that respond at this moment and, and commit to you and say, use me in whatever way you want to use me. Father, thank you for the wonderful blessing of having able to, being able to share the word with my brothers and sisters today. 
And I look forward to working together and seeing not what we're going to be able to do because really uh, you tell us very clearly in the Gospel of John that, that if you don't do the work, uh, we're just worthless. We, we can't do it on our own. On, on our own. We, have to, we have to abide in you. We have to depend on you 100%. So I'm excited not about what we're going to be able to do, but what you're going to be able and what you are going to do through us. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time. Bless your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.